All right. Hey, welcome. And uh, so glad that you are with us today. My name's Kevin. I'm the campus pastor here at uh, our Coleraine campus. And uh, if, if, if you happen to be with us last summer, I know that some of you may be new here just today or, or new in the last year, but uh, we like to do these fun summer series and, uh, and just kind of take the entire summer to look over uh, some content to be able to study the Bible. And so last year connected with the Fruit of the Spirit series that we did. We had these uh, stickers that we were giving away each and every week, and uh, the idea was come as many times during the summer and collect all the stickers, and that was a big hit. People were uh, arm wrestling over stickers. If they didn't get them, they were like, texting people, I'm not going to be there. Will you make sure you grab me a joy sticker, you know? And so, uh, so it was fun. And, uh, and I still see people with their water bottles and stuff like that with uh, their Fruit of the Spirit stickers on it. Well, this year we wanted to do something uh, the same, but different. And so uh, as a part of our series, Blessed, where we're going to be talking about uh, Matthew chapter 5, where Jesus lays out this idea of uh, blessed are, fill in the blank, uh, we are going to be giving out these coasters, and we've got eight different designs, and uh, we've got them up on the screen, and so uh, there is a chance for you to, uh, to collect a bunch of different designs of these. We're not going to give them out every single Sunday. So here's the thing. Uh, there'll be a couple designs that'll be out there uh, that you can grab on your way out this morning. And then uh, the next time they drop, so just come every Sunday, increase your chances to, uh, to pick them up. But if it's sitting on your desk at work for your coffee, or it's sitting at home uh, on your end table or on your coffee table, uh, we just think that they'll be fun. They'll be good reminders of the series that we're in, but they could also be conversation starter for you if somebody's at your desk or somebody comes by the house and sees them. And uh, we just want to be able to uh, continue to reemphasize this idea of what God considers a blessing. And, uh, and we'll be talking more about that today and in the weeks to come. So here in this series, uh, we are going to be in Matthew chapter 5, looking at a uh, section of scripture that a lot of times is referred to as the Beatitudes. And, and maybe this is your first time ever hearing that phrase, Beatitude, and you might be like, well, what does that even mean? Does it have anything to do with attitudes? Well, you would think it does because that's kind of what the teaching is about, but not really, all right? Uh, beatitude is a, uh, is a translation from a Latin phrase, uh, which just simply means uh, to be blessed or, um, or the, the idea of blessed are, right? Because that's how uh, Jesus begins each one of these blessings that he kind of uh, talks about. So in Matthew chapter five, we have Jesus beginning his ministry, all right? The book of Matthew is one of the gospels, one of the four narratives that tell about the life of Jesus. And in Matthew chapter five, we see Jesus just beginning to embark on his ministry here on earth. And Matthew chapter five records Jesus's first recorded sermon referred to as the Sermon on the Mount. And as Jesus begins this sermon, he begins with this list of blessings 
calling out these, uh, these different situations in which people might find themselves blessed. And then he will talk about on the other side of it, he kind of talks about the reward. And so there's kind of a, a poetry to the beginning of this message as he reads through it. And so there's some things that I just want you to be aware of as we kind of jump into Matthew chapter five and study this. Again, we're going to be looking through this entire summer. But as we begin, here's some things that kind of just set the table for us as we think about this section of scripture, the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, uh, the Beatitudes, if you will. And so the first thing is the Beatitudes are found in... Jesus's Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, the really the big idea there, what Jesus is doing, again, his first public sermon that we have record of, he is establishing what God's kingdom here on earth looks like, all right? Jesus is king, God sent him to earth to rule, and Jesus says, he goes, I have come to establish God's kingdom here on earth. And so the Sermon on the Mount really kind of outlines for us, lays the foundation for us of what that kingdom is all about, what kind of things that God values, what kind of priorities that God wants us to have and how they kind of go against the cultural norm or the narrative that had been out there for so long. And so Jesus gives this message that really hits the reset button, especially for those of us who are gonna consider ourselves followers of Jesus. These beatitudes, this list that we'll find at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, they really set the foundation for the entire message, and not only the entire message, but Jesus' entire ministry. Because they continue to, uh, to just reemphasize the priorities that God has, the things that God says are important, and how those go against cultural norms. This idea of blessing, if we were going to define blessing for you, it is this. It is a spiritual reward that's experienced now and in the future through full surrender to Jesus. So when, when we talk about blessing, a lot of times blessing gets used quite a bit these days. <laughs> I'm blessed if you're on social media and you looked up like hashtag blessed, I mean, there's no limit to what you would find on what somebody might consider to be a blessing, right? A lot of times it has to do with a financial windfall or just something good that happened to somebody. It could be uh, family or friends. It could be a vacation. Uh, it could be a sunset. Like you just never know what somebody might consider to be a blessing. But what God is talking about, what Jesus is referring to, is this spiritual reward that we receive here on earth, but not just here on earth, also into the future. And it's only experienced when we're fully surrendered to Jesus. That is the blessing that we're talking about. And the last thing that I want to point out about this beatitude list that we're going to get to in just a second, so you kind of see it, have some context for what we're talking about, Anytime we look at a list in scripture, it's important for us to know and to realize 
that the whole is more important than any of the parts. A lot of times when we do lists, we can begin to focus in too much on just one single phrase or one single part of the list. And so, you know, we, we become subject to that when here weekly, we're going to look at different lines from the beginning of this sermon. And so while this line that we're going to look at this week, blessed are the poor in spirit, while that's important, it's only a part of a whole And so we should always keep in mind, what does this list have in common? What does the list in its totality communicate to us? Okay, and so we just always have to keep that in mind so we don't just get so laser focused on trying to achieve one little part of the list and instead miss out on what the list as a whole is trying to communicate. You guys keeping up with me? You understand where we're going? So Matthew chapter five, I want to uh, encourage you, if you've got a Bible, go ahead and turn there. Uh, You can use your Bible app if you want to. Uh, We have free Bibles at the hub. If you would like one, uh, we would love for you to be able to follow along with us. But Matthew chapter five, again, this is the beginning of Jesus teaching Uh, the Sermon on the Mount. And so we're going to look and we're just going to read this entire thing so we kind of know what it is. Not the entire Sermon on the Mount, but just this entire introduction part, which is called uh, the Beatitudes section of it. And so we're going to go through verse 12 here, Matthew chapter 5. It says, Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and began to teach them. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven for the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So that is the beginning of this poem, if you will, the Sermon on the Mount introduction, the Beatitudes. And it's interesting to see how if you were listening, kind of paying attention, that there is this idea in there that, uh, of the kingdom, right? That, uh, that the kingdom is kind of laid out there and, uh, and we see that, uh, that Jesus is talking about uh, quite a bit about how these kingdom rewards and, and so when, uh, when Jesus is talking about this, you have to understand that, uh, that this goes and, and what, what this list represents was against everything that kind of stood in the power system that currently existed. 
right? The, the things that Jesus is calling out as blessed, they, they really have nothing to do with anything that you would find kind of in, in normal life. The things that Jesus calls blessed are seen as weaknesses. They're seen as things that, that don't make any sense in that world. In a world of strength, in a world of power, in a world where the mighty rule, Jesus' list doesn't make any sense. And, and I would say that it doesn't make that much sense today either. These aren't things that we look for when we're hiring somebody, when we're looking for who's going to be the best at something. These attributes that Jesus lists out seems to be counter-cultural. Sky Jethani, an award-winning author and pastor, says this about the Sermon on the Mount. The beginning of the Sermon on the Mount is not a to-do list. It is a good news list. Jesus is describing who has the most to gain by the arrival of his kingdom. He is not prescribing what we must do to enter it. I love that. Because what's being pointed out in this introduction that Jesus has is that these are the kinds of people that the kingdom was created for. And we'll get more into that here in a second. So today we're going to be paying special attention to verse 3 of Matthew chapter 5 where it says, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And today our big idea is this. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. You ever been there? You ever been at the end of your rope? You ever felt like, man, just life can't get much tougher, uh, things can't seem to be going any worse. And when you're in that moment, when you find yourself in that place, I'll tell you, uh, it can be a pretty isolating place. It can be a situation where you feel more alone than you've ever felt before when you're at the end of your rope. But Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit because I created my kingdom just for you, just for the marginalized, just for the overlooked, just for the oppressed, just for those who find themselves at the end of the rope. It was really inspired, that big idea, by the message. Listen to what the message version of verse 3 of Matthew chapter 5 it says. It says, you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and his rule. 
if I was going to try to explain this big idea and this, this part, Matthew chapter five, for you, it's this. When you hear poor in spirit, you might think, well, it's talking about somebody who's got a lack of faith. Or you might think, oh, poor in spirit, that's talking about somebody who's depressed or, or, or who's just really sad about something. Poor in spirit, you might think that it's, you know, you might hear it and first thing that you think of is, is financial, somebody who's, who's in some kind of financial woe situation. The thing that Jesus is calling out here when he talks about being poor in spirit is the recognition by the individual that they can't achieve anything outside of God. That I on my own can do nothing outside of the power of Jesus. You see, when Jesus was teaching and preaching and, and began to lay out this very first sermon, the Sermon on the Mount to a group of people, he was in a power structure. He's talking about his kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. And, and so he was talking to a group of people that, that fully understood this idea of what kingdoms look like. Now, now when we say kingdom here, doesn't mean a lot to you and me, right? Like that doesn't make a lot of sense for us. But for the people that were living in Jesus's times, this idea of kingdom, it made sense. Where kings ruled over communities. And the only people who prospered in these kingdoms were people who had power. And so when Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, he's referring to those who, who understand and recognize that I don't have any power on my own. See, so what tends to happen and what was happening when Jesus was walking the earth and what I believe happens now is that uh, some people begin to believe that we somehow, through our own efforts, can be good enough. We can be self-sufficient. We can take care of ourselves. We can pull ourselves up from our, our bootstraps that were enough. But it's only when we recognize that we're broken, flawed human beings that need, that desperately need God's grace and redemption. That's when the blessing of God can flow through our life. You know, when I first started working in ministry, started out as a student pastor in Bright, Indiana, and I was 24 years old. And man, at the beginning of my ministry, uh, I, I just came into it with a lot of, um, and I don't know why, but, but probably a lot of arrogance. A, a lot of, uh, I can do this on my own attitude. And, uh, and so I kind of built a ministry that was all about me, where, where I had to be the focal point. And, uh, and I had some volunteers, but I weren't 
I wasn't empowering them. I wasn't allowing them to lead. I I wasn't handing over things to them. I wasn't getting out of the way. I I made sure that, that I was the most popular person within that. And what I learned over time was that it was just a really unhealthy way to do ministry. That, that I was my own worst enemy. And when I recognized and realized that I didn't have enough, that there was never gonna be enough Kevin, that, that ultimately this ministry was about Jesus and it was about me empowering other people to work in the lives of teenagers, my ministry grew and it was healthier than it ever was. But I had to get out of my own way and I had to recognize that on my own, that I wasn't enough and I never would be and that it wasn't about me. And and I think in the same way, we can kind of get caught up in that stuff as well. You know, there's a parable that, uh, that I want to share with you. But just as a reminder, as we kind of talk about this, as we lean into this, you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. And so if you've ever been there, you ever found yourself there, the good news for you is that Jesus's kingdom was created for people just like you. So in, in Luke chapter 15, Jesus tells a story about a son. And in this story that Jesus sets up about this son, he's done with his family. He wants to go out on his own. He wants to, uh, he wants to, uh, to live his own life. And so he asks his father for his inheritance early. He says, dad, I'm done. I, I wanna leave, uh, give me my money and let me go. I'm paraphrasing, but this is basically what's happening. And so his father does. And so scripture tells us that in the story that that this man goes off to some far off land where he just indulges himself in wild living. There comes a point where the money runs out and the friends walk away and he's left. Broken and alone. I want you to look with me. We're going to pick up Luke 15 and we're going to uh, jump in on verse uh, 15 and then go through verse 20. It says, so he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. Listen to this. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and he went to his father. I love that phrase. 
when he came to his senses. There's just something about hitting rock bottom. There's just something about being in a mess. And we find ourselves there for a bunch of different reasons. For this guy, it's self-inflicted. You might find yourself at rock bottom because of a decision that you made or a choice that you made. You might find yourself there because just life gets tough. You might find yourself there because of a choice that somebody else made. But we find ourselves in these situations, and I love what it said there. He came to his senses. That there was a recognition, I can't do this on my own. He also had this mindset, he had this idea, he said, I'm not worthy to be called my father's son anymore. I'm just gonna go and I'm gonna ask my dad if I can be like a hired servant. But that wasn't true at all. It wasn't true in the least. No, his father was just patiently waiting for his son to come back home. So I think that we, you and me, sometimes are like this son. When things are going well and life is fine, like we have this mentality, we have this arrogance about us that, you know what, I can do this on my own. When, when things are going well and life just seems to be going fine, we have this idea that, you know what, I don't really need God that much and, uh, and I don't really have to rely on him because everything seems to be going fine in my life. Why is it that it's only when things are falling apart that we recognize that we come to our senses? That apart from God... We can do nothing. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. And, and I know that doesn't make sense, right? It's like, it's like, why does the blessing come when, when I'm at my lowest? It's not about being at your lowest. It's about the mindset. It's about the mentality that says, I can't do this on my own. I'm never gonna be good enough. I'm never gonna be strong enough. I'm never gonna be enough on my own. But what I do need is I desperately need God in my life. And Jesus says, and this is the beauty of this beatitude poem that he begins his sermon with. The beauty is, is that Jesus says, you don't work harder to have this poor in spirit attitude, no. But when you find yourself poor in spirit, the good news is, the good news message is, I created my kingdom for people just like you. See, here's the truth. Scripture's clear. On our own, left to our own devices, we are not enough. We're broken and we're sinful and we fail and we let people down. And it's only when we realize, when we recognize, I'm not enough. I can't do this on my own, God. I don't have any righteousness of my own, but I need you. I desperately need you. And Jesus says, welcome. 
Welcome home. I've been waiting for you to come to your senses because I I created my kingdom, the one that's here on earth right here and right now, and the one that's to come in the future. I created my kingdom just for you. And so church, let me tell you, if you're walking in here and you've been dealing with more than you can handle, If if, if lately you felt more like you're at the end of your rope than you're thriving, you feel like you just cannot seem to get ahead, it's two steps forward and then you just get knocked back. Jesus says, my kingdom that I came here to establish It's for you. You're blessed when you find yourself at the end of your rope. Will you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for God, your kingdom. We thank you so much for Jesus. God, help us to recognize how much we need you, how much we rely on you. Thank you for the blessings that you pour out on us each and every day. It's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen.